You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome to Gifted with Sheila White, where we talk to individuals who are using their gifts to impact the world. And I am so excited that you all tuned in on today because we have a power hour, a powerhouse individual that's going to share some impactful information with us. Um, This gentleman is very, very busy moving all around the country, doing a lot of things. And I am so excited that he has time for us today to give you some nuggets of information, to give you some inspiration, some motivation, and some spiritual nuggets, because we're getting into the Easter season right now. And this gentleman is living and he stands the ground, he walks on. But before we get into today's conversation, I would like for you to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your family and friends for more updates and content that'll be coming along. Um, When we come back, we are going to be talking to this gifted, gifted individual who inspires people, who uplifts people and entertains people all around the world. Have you ever thought of yourself as a TV star? The host of your own television show, someone who delivers meaningful content to a global audience. Are you ready to amplify your life? JD3TV will greenlight your new show right now. And you don't need a Hollywood agent, you don't need a lot of money, and you can even be new to producing. When we greenlight your show, we will provide you with all the tools you need to produce it quickly and easily. And then you will have a series on one of the newest, most exciting streaming platforms in the world. Sign up for JD3TV today. Become a part of our global community and we will greenlight your show. My guest today is a motivational speaker, an evangelist, and a number one international best-selling author. Mr. Bob Dudley currently keeps his plate very, very full. He is the senior partner of the premier success mentoring company, Life Changers 180. And he also is the lead evangelist and executive director of the Laura B. Walker Foundation. This gentleman did something extraordinary because he went from being a high school dropout to earning five, five degrees and becoming a rocket scientist. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about because that's not a normal story that people drop out, then go get their degrees and then become a rocket scientist. So we're going to get into this. Welcome, Mr. Bob Dudley, to the show today. Thank you very much, Sheila. You know, let's start with your backstory, because when we talk about being a dropout, um, a lot of people stop there. They don't continue on their education or they get a GED and say, "Okay, I got a GED. But you did something extraordinary. So let's go back a little bit and talk about you being the oldest of seven children. You lived in the projects. You you know, you were on welfare. Um, You've moved a number of times. It's like every year you were moving around. What was one of the hardest things for you going back in the day at that time as a kid, having your dad and all those things that happened to you in those days? Well, I guess um, I never knew my father. My mom was married three times. uh, Basically, when she was 18 and my father was 30, they hooked up. uh, They got pregnant. They got married. They got me. Then they got divorced. And uh, they went their separate ways. I've never laid eyes on them. Mm. And uh, my first person, the first person I knew as dad was an abusive man that taught me such uh, gems as children are meant to be seen and not heard. You're never going to amount to anything. Um, oh, I remember this one. If I wanted your opinion, I'd beat it out of you. Wow. And it, it, I grew up thinking I was going to be a nobody. Mm. Matter of wow. fact, like you said, we went to I, I went to 17 different schools before I dropped out of high school. And every time we moved, I would wind up in the slow classes because of what I thought I was capable of. 
Mm. Turns out later on, I took an IQ test. My IQ is 153. Wow. Interesting. So so that was suppressed Mm. because of what I thought I was and what I was told that I was. And you know what? A lot of individuals, uh, kids are growing up in households like that today. Um, They are on the wrong side of the tracks. A lot of people say, you know, um, from their environment, um, maybe on welfare, moving around, like you said, and some of them are maybe have some issues as far as being slow or be behind. But in your case, you were being told that you couldn't, that you shouldn't, you know, shut up, sit over there. Don't I don't want your opinion unless I ask for it. And yet, despite these odds and moving around, like you said, 17 times, you didn't fade into obscurity. What you did was you wanted to accomplish something. There was something in you that said, I want to be someone. You didn't know who that somebody was because you didn't have the role models, but you knew there was something more that you wanted. So you decided to go back to school, you know, go back to school. Talk to us about that. Well, uh, I... uh like I said, I, I, I ran away from home basically when I turned 18 because uh, in that environment, when you turn 18, your parents take you to the local welfare office to sign up for benefits. And mm. that was, I guess, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I just left. And six months later, uh, I wound up in the Army. And uh, mm. it was the, the just Vietnam had just ended. So the mm. Army was taking high school dropouts in the infantry. So mm-hmm. I went in the infantry, wound up in Korea, got my GED, got my high school diploma. So, and also got out of that environment of the projects mm-hmm. and learned a self-discipline. The army was okay. really good for me that way. So I think that was one of the first steps. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, l- let me call that the second step. Cause at the age of 14, and maybe we can get into this story later. I accepted Christ as my savior. And I think wow. that had a lot to do with that too. Wow. wow. So 14, I get saved. 18, I, I'm in the army. And then when I'm 21, I'm getting out of the army. And uh, I had been going to church and I uh, told the pastor I was going to college. He asked me what I was going to study. I said, mm-hmm. I don't know. So he suggested I go to Bible college. Oh. So I did. And he, and I was this, I was in California at the time. And that's where my family was. Okay. And, uh, the, his college was in Michigan. So that's where I went. And I went there for a year and a half and I wound up not, it wasn't really for me at the time. Okay. Now I have a doctorate in theology. So eventually God got a hold of me, but <laughs> at this time it wasn't working. So I quit. Mm. So mm. here's where I am mentally at this moment. I quit high school. When you don't reenlist in the army, they kind of make you feel like you're quitting. And now I'm oh. quitting God because I'm not doing Bible college. So I'm wow. really, I'm, I'm at a low point in my life, lower than even as a kid. Mm-hmm. So at the time I have two children, two daughters, and I, I can remember uh, driving up to the apartment uh, one night after working in a factory second shift and, and stopping in the driveway in the car. And I'm just bawling thinking, I can't let my children grow up the way I grew up. There has mm-hmm. to be more to life than what I had. And I just beg God mm-hmm. to show me what I'm supposed to do where I'm supposed to go, how do I break this, what I know now is a generational curse, but how do I break Mm. this chain that's Mm. holding me back? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I go to bed and the next morning I get up with this desire to go to the local university and get a degree. Mm -hmm. I have no idea where that came from except God. So Mm -hmm. I go there and uh, I go to the registrar and I say, I want to sign up for classes. I want to get a degree, a bachelor's. She Mm -hmm. goes, what do you want to major in? I'm like, I don't have no idea. And uh, she says, here's a catalog. You have to pick something. Mm. And, and a thought came into my head, pick the hardest thing you see. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm looking through the catalog and I see this word and I'm like, I have no idea what that means, but it looks really hard. So I told the lady, I want to get a degree in physics. Mm. And uh, she rolls her eyes at me and says, okay. And she signs me up and I have to take a math placement test. And, uh, it turns out to study physics, you got to start with calculus. I didn't even know what that word meant. Turns out it's a really hard math class. So, mm. but I had, I, I had to start with algebra one and algebra two and analytic functions and trigonometry, two years of math before I could start my calculus to start my physics degree. Wow. Then I found out the Bible college I went to wasn't accredited. So all the English and history oh. and social studies, and everything, oh I had my. to take all those all over again. Oh my. And because I have a nice young family. I got to keep working in a factory second shift. Mm. But 
God just laid out my heart to do this. So I, I knuckled down. I came up with a plan of when to take my classes and whatnot. And um, I'm doing great. First, first year getting honor roll, second year getting honor roll. Mm. Uh, the beginning of my third year, my, uh, there's a knock at the door of my apartment. I'm living in a duplex. I'm in a second floor duplex. And mm-hmm. the owner of the house is on the first floor. Knock on the door. I open the doors. My second stepfather and my six brothers and sisters and my mom moving in with me. Oh, my. (laughs) When I I first started the physics degree, it's really easy to put my past behind me because they were like in California, a few thousand miles away. Yeah. But now they're right there in the same room. And I, I can remember shaking and, Mm. and, and feeling like the kid that got beat up every time he went to a new school. And wow. My my whole past came crashing down on me. Wow. So it it took like two weeks for us to get kicked out. Mm. My, my parents got a place and I moved my little family in with them. And, uh, and I, I had one of those come to Jesus moments again, where I'm sitting in my car crying. <laughs> I said, God, what am I supposed to do? Is it my destiny mm. to, to just be this nothing? And, mm. um, he said, no, move out. So I did, I took mm. my little family, we moved out and I wound up, uh, I graduated in three years. Mm. I graduated at the top of my class with honors. Wow. And, uh, and, and what I learned, the, getting the degree wasn't for me about learning physics, but it was about learning that with God and persistence, mm. you can accomplish anything. Wow. Now that's a mouthful right there because, you know, as we talk about it, you, 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 you were the oldest of seven children and you were living in the projects on where for moving every year, at least 17 times in 18 years. And, 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 and this, you know, your parents telling you, you know, because your mom was married more than one time and your parents telling you, well, you know what, you're not going to be anything, shut up. The abuse that you suffered in the home as a child and then just dropping out of school, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then giving your life to Christ, I think is a, an important piece of the story because that guidance that you had, that was something that said you are more than just nothing because someone's telling you you're like a worm in the dust and warm on the ground, but there was something in you that said that you can do all things, you know, um, you know, going to church. And like you said, being down at certain times, but then getting back up is important because you had this strapped on your back, this generational curse that you can't be anything. You didn't have success in front of you and, and great role models. And I think it's really interesting that people are telling you that you're dumb, you're stupid, you're not going to be anything. And you you have this background. You said, I'm going to go to college. And you picked the hardest thing that you can, instead of taking the easy road, you took, you picked the hardest thing, not even knowing what it was. And then despite the odds graduating at the top of your class, you know, with Mm -hmm. honors, um, it's amazing. This is, this is so amazing. And I love the fact that you, you just didn't go to get the physics degree. You didn't stop there, but you got five degrees, literally from a high school dropout to a rocket scientist. People joke about being a rocket scientist nowadays, but you literally went from a high school dropout in that path to becoming a rocket scientist because of all these classes and courses you took with a family, you know, with your family. And, and I know the shock of when here's your dad and your brothers and sisters at your door and you're focused on your goals. It kind of throws you off a little bit, um, but yet you stayed on track. You did not let this stop you. You know, you just continue to follow the path, you know, listening to that inner spirit inside of you, pushing you forward and forward and forward. And I I think it's just amazing because the path that you're on is as if God was writing your story out, you know? Yep. And, And so how did you you get through all of that. And now you're on this path to writing because you're an author as well. And there's a lot of things that happen in your life and time between, you know, the high school and the college years and the working things. But why did you decide to start to write books and, and to take those steps? Because you, one of your books is seven perfect steps to success. And how did you come about to say, I'm going to journal all this and put this down in the book to help somebody else out? Because you could have just took that success and just said, hey, I'm going to live in this life, do what I do, make the money, join my family. But you wrote down some things to help other people to steps to success. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I wrote, I've written now nine books. I'm, I'm in the process of writing number 10. And, uh, and actually the first book I wrote 
was on martial arts. I had a chain of martial mm. arts studios at one wow. time and there was no real good study material. So I wrote a book so that all of my schools were doing consistently the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that was my first attempt at writing and that went pretty well. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I wound up uh, as a, well, first I was an expert on U.S. missile systems. I helped in the Reagan administration, I helped design the MX missile and the, and the reentry vehicle, the part that had the nuclear wow. warhead in it. Wow. And after that, they sent, sent me to graduate school for an astronautical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. And then I, was, I had become an expert on Russian and Chinese missiles for mm. the government. And from mm. there, <laughs> I got a job at NSA working on satellites. Mm. And that was my second book. I wrote a classified book on an introduction to satellites for for analysts at, at Fort Meade. Okay. Now, so so that was kind of my first two books, and I okay. settled down for a while and didn't do anything. And the, and I'm moving up in the in the world of uh, astronautical engineering, rocket scientist okay. stuff, and uh, <laughs> and and I'm I'm doing pretty well. My wife and I are doing very well, living mm-hmm. in the suburbs in DC. Okay. And, uh, and one day I go forward in church and I, I ask God, I'll do whatever you want. You just have to let me know what it is. Mm. And, uh, and, and, he, and before the day was over, I had the mm. distinct impression that I was supposed to go out and tell people about Christ. Mm. Now, at the time, I'm like 50 years old and I got saved when I was 14. <laughs> so I, had, I could count on two fingers the number of people I'd led to Christ in those 30 some odd years. Right. Wow. So this was a totally new experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we wound up doing is on Friday night, I, this was Sunday. I tell my wife, uh, Kathy, that this is what God's telling me to do. And she's like, okay, but don't expect <laughs> me to do it. And uh, so her and I go down to Annapolis Harbor and we walk around, we're going to witness to people, we're going to talk to people about Christ. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I walked around for like an hour and a half and didn't talk to a soul nothing. Went home feeling very depressed and down on myself. Mm. I thought, okay, next week, we're going to try and do this again. Mm. So the next Friday we go down, same thing, go down, walk around for an hour and a half. Don't talk to anybody. Come home for six months. Every Friday we went down there and every Friday I was too scared to talk to anybody. Oh my. And I think God finally, I think felt sorry for me. And he says, you know, they teach people how to do this. So I found a class that happened to be really close to my house. Okay. And there was a pastor there that took me in his wing and showed me how to do this. Mm-hmm. And in the next 10 years, Kathy and I together, she got on board with this too, have led oh. over 50,000 people to Christ, just talking to them one-on-one. Wow. Wow. That, that is amazing. It was amazing. It was 100% God. Mm. And uh, we've, we've trained pastors in uh, Kenya, the Philippines, um, all over the Caribbean in the United mm-hmm. States on how to mm-hmm. grow their churches using uh, evangelism techniques. And from going around the world at nights, I would sit with these pastors and talk to them about biblical things doing, dealing with evangelism because most of them never had Bible college. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the ability to do that. They right. just followed God's leading and, and started mm-hmm. churches with no any. So anyways, from that mm-hmm. came a series of, of, of little lectures that I put together mm. in a book called the gospel evangelism in God's heart mm. back in 2014. And that became okay. an international number one bestseller. Wow. Wow. And that really started my launch into writing uh, mostly Christian themed books. Wow. And it is so amazing because, you know, just like I said, li- listening to the path that you have taken going for six months, not speaking to a soul, but keep going and keep going and keep going. And then coming up to the point where now you're an evangelist, you have reached over 50,000, that 50,000 souls to Christ. It is amazing because some people don't have that courage to even take the step, even after getting the training, they just don't follow through. And so I love the fact that you had that drive to, to continue on. And you heard so clearly the voice of God saying, okay, I want you to, to be a spokesperson, you know, for me to reach other right. souls. That is amazing, which led to you writing more. And here, you're still a rocket scientist. I mean, you haven't gotten all of that technical knowledge and things, but now mm. you're on fire for God. You know, right. it's amazing. It's really amazing. And then to have your wife to be able to join <clears throat> you with that. And speaking of your wife, I know that you're the senior partner of Life uh, Changers 180. 
Um, how did that come about? Because you already have a full plate, you know, doing all this other stuff, traveling and reaching people. Now you decide to go into um, an executive position with, with this company. Well, here's what happened. Um, I wrote the seven perfect steps to success. Uh, and, and how that came about is um, I started looking at all the things I was successful at. I uh, Martial arts studios. I was actually on a U.S. Taekwondo team. I fought mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. World Cup games in Seoul, Korea. I, um, I was a professional ballroom dance tr- instructor for 15 years, <laughs> uh, career in the military. I mean, tons of things I tried and became successful one afternoon. I thought, well, what's the key? And then, and then, uh, and then I f- discovered l- looking at the Bible and reading a lot that there's these seven steps that you can follow. And mm. I followed those every time. Mm. Mostly it was subconscious that I was doing that, but I put them together in this book called the seven perfect steps to success. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when it came out, I, uh, was sitting in my, my morning room downstairs with my, my, my wife and my oldest daughter, Robin, Okay. And um, <clears throat> we talked about how do we get this out to people? Because it really works. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter had followed some of the things. She actually made it uh, uh, onto the cover of Woman's Day magazine because she lost 100 oh. pounds using the process. Wow. Wow. She had, she had changed her credit score uh, over, I think, 300 points, 313 points, something mm. like that, um, using this. So we're sitting there all excited talking about this book is coming out. How do we mm-hmm. how do we get it out there? And uh, one of us came up with the idea of running seminars and actually talking to people about it. Okay. And, uh, and that's how Life Changers 180 was born. We decided to travel the country and do in-person live events mm-hmm. where we could actually teach these techniques. And, mm-hmm. um, and eventually, uh, the evangelism, evangelism came into it in the sense that uh, I got to thinking, there, there's a there's a war going on. And yes, it's, and it's, yes. And it's not Ukraine. It's a war between yeah. the devil and and us. Yes, and, yes. And uh, I don't know when the end's going to come, mm. but I think that Satan thinks it's imminent because mm. he is in a full court press right now. Wow. And, uh, so wow. I think time is of the essence. And one of the things I learned um, in the military, I spent uh, you know the three years in the army, seventeen years as an officer in the mm. Air Force. One of the things I learned is this general told me once. He says. He goes, uh, Bob, he says, lieutenants think wars are won on the battlefield. He says, but generals know wars are won in the logistics. Mm, Matter of fact, yeah, in World War II, uh, our general Patton was fighting the German general Rommel in a tank Mm -hmm. warfare Mm -hmm. across Europe. And the reason we won primarily is Rommel ran out of gas, right? He had not the logistics to keep running. Mm. So, um, so how does that, uh, wow, that's with, interesting. With events, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So what we think is there's, there's church planters, evangelists, missionaries that are out there on the pointing of the spear that mm-hmm. are winning people to Christ, mm-hmm. but like it or not, it takes money to do that. Yeah. And I think yes. that's where Christian entrepreneurs come in. I think mm-hmm. that if you're a Christian entrepreneur and successful, then God has gifted you with the ability to do the logistic support of these men and women that are on the, on the fighting lines that are on the wow. front lines, fighting the battle mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and winning people to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so right now I have two things going. I've got my evangelism ministry and I've mm-hmm. got this ministry to build up Christian evangelists, Christian entrepreneurs to actually support. I mean, wouldn't it be great if wow. a missionary comes to your church and he's mm-hmm. telling you all the things he wants to do or she wants to do out there and, and they say, I only need another $30,000 and I can leave. And then mm. at the end of church, you walk up and hand them a check for $30,000 and say, you can leave tomorrow if you want. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's, and that's so cool because, you know, the things that you're doing now, you have such a full plate. You, you, you are a martial artist. I mean, you actually have black belts and things like that in a chain of martial arts school at one point in time. And you mentioned that about being a dance instructor. I mean, it's like, what next? What else? Okay. <laughs> and I know you've competed around the country as a dance instructor. Um, where did that part come in at? Because here's all these <laughs> things you're doing, even doing some great things. Like I said, you're using your gifts to impact the world. And now you say, hey, why not dance? Why don't I become a dance instructor? So where did that even come from, first of all? Because <laughs> well, it's a rocket scientist when I, when I, on the dance floor, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to go together, does it? 
Well, one of the things I did when I was in the Air Force is, you know, you, you, you get different duty stations every three years or so. I decided that I would learn something new at every different base that I went to. Oh, so okay. one base okay. I was there and I thought, I don't know how to dance. Mm. So I went to a local Arthur Murray studio and learned mm -hmm. how to dance. Yeah. And then when I got to my next duty station, I happened to be out dancing and they asked me if I wanted to be a teacher. So I went down and tried out and they hired me. And uh, <laughs> so I, for the next, for the rest of my air force career and a few years after that, I worked at nights uh, as a ballroom dance teacher. Wow. Wow. It, it's, it's, it gets more interesting folks. It gets more interesting because all of these things are, are piling on this plate, piling on this plate. You got a whole smorgasbord of things happening in uh, Bob's life. And then with the book, I want to go back a little bit and talk about some of the steps, some of the steps that, um, that those seven steps and just kind of give us just the title of the seven <clears throat> steps, because what you're doing is you're, you have not only ignited your life, but you have ignited businesses and ministries, which is igniting the world. So let's go a little bit and talk about those specific seven steps and just a little nugget so people can understand how can I go from here to here? How can I go from a high school dropout to a rocket scientist? How can I be a champion of, you know, black belt, have all these black belts as a martial artist and be able to win souls for Christ over 50,000 people. There's a lot of things going on here. And so let's talk about those seven steps a little bit. The very first step, uh, well, it's called seven perfect steps to, to success because perfect mm -hmm. is an acrostic that lists the steps, actually. Yes. So the yes. first one, P, is, is a precious burning desire. And mm. what I mean by that is you have to have, and you know this because you own a business, yeah. you have yes. to have a dream that's bigger than life. It has to be because it's hard. And if wow. you don't have a big dream, you may as well go back to sleep. Uh, so, so I talk about, um, matter of fact, in our live events, we do this exercise where we have these little kids blocks and we put five of them next to each other, about an inch or two apart. And we mm -hmm. give, uh, we give the students or clients a marble and they have to knock all of the blocks down at once with one marble mm. and it's set up. So it's just not possible. Oh. And then what we do is we give them a beach ball and say, do the same thing. And of course, one time and everything goes everywhere. Oh. And the point being, if your dreams are small, all your obstacles seem insurmountable. Mm. But if your dream's big enough, sometimes you won't even notice the obstacles. Wow. That's a good point. Very, very good point. So have the dreams big, big, bigger than life. Just make sure those dreams are swollen and very big so that you can't, you're unstoppable. You know, you don't give up. Okay. Yep. What's another, what's another nugget? Um, well, one way to get that big dream is to make sure you're doing what God's will is for your life. Mm. Mm. And wow. then, uh, wow. so figure, yeah, figure out his will, make it a big dream. Okay. And then go for it because you know, you and God are a majority. Wow. That's it right there. <laughs> you and God, that's the complete package right there. Wow. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And that and that leads into my second step, which is mm -hmm. exercise your faith and not your fear. And uh, and I talk about in there faith in God, faith in a process and mm -hmm. faith in yourself and, and start mm. off with faith in God. And, you know, um, even even if you know it's God's will, sometimes we are we feel inadequate to do it. Yes. And, yes. And here's the thing. I call that the uh, Moses complex, because, you know, mm. at the burning bush, five times Moses, when God himself is actually talking verbally to Moses, mm. five times Moses says, hey, I'm not your guy. I can't do this. Get somebody else. Mm. Not me. Right. So even if you know God's will, you still got to have faith in, in a process and faith in yourself mm. and, and, and even understand that God is so patient with us. Wow. That he, if you remember, God said to Moses, well, here comes Aaron, he'll speak for you. And God, <laughs> you know, he kind of provided something. Yeah. Provided until yeah. Moses built up that faith in what God had planned and faith mm -hmm. in himself to be able to accomplish it. Because, you know, um, he goes through all the, all those plagues with, with Pharaoh. And yes. then he's running away and they come to the Red Sea. And, and Moses is like, God, what do I do now? Mm. And God says, 
why are you asking me? Just pick your arm up and your staff and, wow. and do it. And, mm. and Moses parted the Red Sea. Mm. So the guy that told God five times, I'm not the man. Now he parted the Red Sea. Wow. Miracles, just miracles. Yeah. When you're when yeah. you're in alignment, it sounds like when you're saying when you're in alignment with God, you may be a little fearful, but do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Just follow through anyway. It's like when the heat gets turned up on you, that's when the popcorn pops, when the heat is up. You know? right. And so exactly. when, when the heat gets turned up and you're like, what should I do? And I'm out here and all these things are happening. But that's when the real thing comes out. And that's what came out of him and all the lives that that he impacted just by listening to God's will and having the courage and things like that. So what's another good uh, tip on that? That's good. Having faith in God. And even when you're afraid, as you said, when you're afraid, you know, um, James says faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. And and here's how I think that fits into what what you're saying is um, I think there's these buckets of faith and fear inside of us. And Mm. the one that you act on is the one that's going to grow. So here you might, you know, they say courage is acting in spite of your fear, not because you have no fear, right? So mm. if you want to grow your faith, do what you just do what you know God wants you to do, no matter how scared you are of it. Mm. And then see what he comes up and does. Wow. Wow. It's amazing because, you know, there's no practice life. You've got to do it. You know, you don't get a chance to do it over. And even in death, death does not issue any refunds. You know, so it's just you you just have to keep going. You don't get a refund on wasted time, you know, with death and things like that. And so it's really important to just to believe, as you said, because that's what how your life has been guided. You had to conceive it, believe it, and then you achieved it. All of those things that you probably would not have done had you believed the lie that your parents were telling you, that your dad was telling you, moving from school to school, feeling like just nothing, just I'm just a kid and just crying in the car. God, what is it? There's there's got to be more to life. Here you are. You just took this, those little seeds that were planted as a 14 year old kid, belief in God, and you planted those little seeds and those seeds blossomed over time. And it kept you pushing farther and it kept you flourishing and growing and blooming where you've been planted. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. so yeah. it's, it's really, really amazing. And what's another tip? You said belief is so important. What's another tip you can share with our, with our uh, listening audience? <clears throat> well, here's one. Uh, there's a saying out there among some people that I almost don't even want to say it because I really <laughs> dislike it, but it's, uh-huh. it's um, they, they say ready um, fire aim, mm. you know, like go out and do it and then figure out as you're going. And my, um, uh, fourth and fifth steps are firsthand knowledge and effective planning. Um, don't go out there and do it. Well, 90% of entrepreneurs fail. And yes. I think this is yes. one of the reasons we fail is because we don't know what we're doing when we mm. start doing it, mm. you know? Mm. So, so figure it out. Yes. I don't mean get, um, uh, to the point where you never pull the trigger, you know, you right, don't wait forever, right, but, right. Uh, but, but learn, figure mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. what you need to know. Yeah. I tell people that, you know, if I'm a, okay, well, let me, let me tell this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first martial arts studio, uh-huh. I'm in college getting that physics degree. And I'm also, uh, I guess I am an overachiever because I'm working on physics. I'm working <laughs> in the factory 40 hours a week and I want to start a karate studio. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> so I go and I start it because I've, um, I was a full contact fighter. I had 32 wins, eight by mm. knockouts. I was mm. on the, that team I told you about, yes. et cetera. So I, and I also, when I was in Korea, I trained special forces in self-defense, the Green mm-hmm. Beret. So I knew how to fight and I knew how to teach. So I thought mm. I'm going to start a studio. So I did. I rented mm. a place. I got it all set up. I was ready. I'm standing mm. there ready for students to come in. Three months later, I'm closing it down. Never had a single student. Utter wow. failure. It was mm. my first business and my first failure. Mm. Um, several months later, I'm in the Air Force. I'd gone to officer training school. Now I'm stationed at Norton Air Force Base working on missile systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm having lunch with one of the contractors. Mm. And uh, for some reason, we got on businesses and I told him about my failure. And he says, well, let me ask you a question. And he started asking me questions about my studio, but never once did he ask about karate. He asked about marketing and sales and, mm. and accounts receivable and payable and, mm. and branding and public relations and wow. everything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm taking furious notes. I'm writing down everything he <laughs> says. And then, uh, and then after he got done, 
I went out and I opened up and in a year had the largest martial arts studio in San Bernardino County, a county that's bigger than most states in the country. Wow. And from there, I opened up five very, very successful martial arts studios. And the point being that when you're like working for somebody, you have to Mm -hmm. be an expert on whatever the widget was. I was an expert on teaching martial arts. But when you own a company, you have to be an expert on the whole thing. Mm. And there's a lot to know about running. You know that. There's yeah. a lot yes, to know yes, about. Yes, 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 yeah. You know, and and when, as a producer, you know, it's not just standing in front of a camera with a microphone. Exactly. There's a lot behind it. Yeah, traffic you know? cop. You're like a traffic cop. You know, directly. Seriously, things. yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, so there it is. It's firsthand knowledge of mm. the whole picture and, mm. and then planning on how am I going to get from where I am now to mm. where I want to be and how long do I think that's going to take. Now, you're going to do some adjustments as you go, exactly. but you got to have a goal before you can adjust it. Mm, mm. You got to have a target in mind before you can, you know, you can't, if you can't, if you can't uh, hit a target that you can't see. So you have to be right. able to see that target to be able to hit it. And somebody once said, God does not drive a parked car. So you get <laughs> moving and let him, you know, drive you to where you're supposed to be. Wow. What motivates you, Bob, to keep on going? Because there's so many things that you're doing. There's so many things that you're involved with. And a lot of people just say, I'm going to retire and stop and slow down and and just spend time with the family or just travel the world and just kind of go into their own life. But you keep going. You keep pushing. You have that beach ball and you're still knocking down, (laughs) knocking down goals and knocking down the dominoes and things. What motivates you or who motivates you to keep going on the days when you could be tired, you can want to give up, when people aren't understanding the vision, all of these businesses that you had, and I know you're into real estate as well. What motivates you? Because you have a great amount of success and you could easily stop, but you keep on going like the like the ever-ready battery. <laughs> you keep on ticking. <laughs> you know, it's like this. Um There's still people out there that don't know about Jesus yet. Mm. Wow. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. And that is the fire that you wake up with when you put your feet on the floor and knows that both sides of the bed belong to you and that you have to do something. Um, You're a different type of soldier. You know, you're a soldier in the army of the Lord and not just, you know, working for the government at one point in time, but you're taking this mission so serious and to the point where it's like, you know, he's giving you this commission, you'll go, <laughs> you'll go. And I know a lot of times you get the, the commission to be invited to places to speak or to do a certain job, to train, that you take it on yourself. If you even, even if you have to pay for it yourself, you know, you go, you and your wife and do this. And it's just amazing the amount of love that you have. You are a heart-centered messenger, you know, and you really take this serious. You know, there's no, like I said, there's no do-overs and death does not issue you any refunds. And so, you take the you make the possible possible out of impossible. You know what I'm saying? You just you just see a way uh, because of your faith and your belief of making it happen. And um, it's just amazing because I know that God has assigned certain people to your life along the way to help you to to factor the things that were coming into your life and the things that were going to happen. You know, so I know that there were angels in your life, you know, along the way that was helping guiding you and helping you to be grateful, you know, for what he's done, you know, um, let's talk a little bit about the Lori B, the foundation, the Lori B uh, foundation that you all have. And what is that? And, and what is the mission that they have? Because you're an executive producer of that foundation. It's, uh, it's actually, um, well, when we started our real estate investment companies, we named mm-hmm. the John H. Woodburn group and after Kathy's dad. So when I started the foundation, we named it after Laura B. Walker, my mom. Yes, um, yes. My mom got saved later in life, and um, eventually she was in a nursing home in a wheelchair. And uh, she would every morning go from room to room and pray for the residents. And if oh, there were any my. new ones, she would give them the gospel. And this was before I was even doing that. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so when I, when I conceived uh, our ministry... It was a no-brainer to name it after my mom, mm, mm. and to, to try to keep that, you know, alive. Mm, mm-hmm. So um, the idea was, <laughs> when uh, when we first learned how to tell people about Christ, mm-hmm. um, in, our, in our mind's eye, what we were going to do, and this was an example of God not driving a parked car. 
Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we, we learn how to witness. And my wife is a mathematician and has an MBA from George Washington University. Okay. And I have my physics and aerospace engineering degrees. So mm -hmm. we thought what we would do is go to seminary, mm -hmm. which was our fourth and fifth degrees. Okay. And, uh, and learn about why everything works the way okay. the Bible says with okay. our evangelism. And then we were going to go to a Christian college and I was going to teach science and Kathy was going to teach math. And okay. on the side, we were going to do evangelism. Well, God had a different idea. Mm -hmm. We uh, we were getting ready to graduate seminary and uh, a gentleman uh, that ran a ministry up here in Pennsylvania uh, asked us to take, asked me to take over. And I said, I will, if my wife and I could be co-directors, mm. they hired both of us. And wow. it was an evangelism ministry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so my wife and I ran this ministry together. And mm -hmm. I tell you what, it was heaven to wow. have a ministry where my wife and I could work together and sit side beautiful. by side. That's beautiful. You what, if you want to draw close to God, work with your spouse on God's Wow. Staff. I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's really exciting um, because it's a family affair. <laughs> so the family is involved. And I know that your daughter has done some great things and, and uh, with her life and has wrote uh, a book as well. So you all are involved in ministry to a great degree. And, you know, so what I want to do, Bob, is I want to just get into what I call a segment I get in called what we call unwrapped. You know, we just want to have a heart to heart. We want to just kind of crack it open and, and just talk to you a little bit about, you know, your reaction to certain things. And there's so much going on in the world. I mean, we're just coming out of a pandemic and people have just, some of them have lost hope. You know, there's a war going on, we know, but there's a war going on in people's minds and there's a war going on in their hearts and their spirit. And we talk about this is a time when people really need to know Christ and really need to know him and things like that. Um, if, you know, have you had a pit of despair that you can share with us? Um, it was a point when you said, you know what, I don't even know. You know, I just want to give up because there are people out there that are in those shoes today and they need to know and hear from someone that was at that point of no return where they thought it would not turn around for them. They did not have they weren't didn't go to school to become a rocket scientist. You know, they only had what they had was just something burning on the inside of them. And it may not be as big as a beach ball at the time, but there's something there and they're just in that pit. Um, can you share with them something that can help them? to be motivated to just continue on the path of believing that it is possible. Yeah, let me, let me give you a quick story. And it's probably, it's basically a recap of something we already talked about, but mm -hmm. then give you as at least for entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. a way to make it work. Yes. And, uh, and the, the, the lowest point in my life, I think of all the, the things was the second time I was sitting in my car because my parents had and, and brothers and sisters had just moved into that small yes. apartment with us. Yes. We got kicked out of there. Mm. Uh, now I've got to live back with them. Mm. And, and it was, and it almost, of course, the devil is poking you when stuff like that happens. Yep. And he's telling you, yep. see, this is where you belong. You belong mm. with them. You belong on mm. welfare. You belong a nobody. Wow. You wow. belong somebody, the government taking care of you. Mm. And, and the key was turning to God that that night in my car and saying mm -hmm. what what am i doing you know and again i don't want my kids to grow up this way yes uh, how do i how do i fix it what do i do mm. and um my wife's favorite verse is proverbs 21 31 and what okay. it says is prepare the horse for battle but victory belongs to god and here's the key you listen to what god wants you to do and you don't care if it's successful that's his responsibility that's wow. what he does. Your responsibility is to do what he tells you. Mm. However small it is, whatever little, you know, when um, the verse in the Psalms, David says, he's a lamp unto my feet. The yes. lamp he's talking about is a little tiny, like a one or two inch lamp that yeah. they use to guide them to the outhouse. They got one step mm. at a time. Yeah. That's what God's given you. You just do the next step mm. and let him worry about making that step successful. And when you get wow. there, he'll give you the next one and the next one and the next one. And wow. before you know it, you're way across town. Wow. You know, mm. living the dream. Wow. So, so my advice would be, don't worry about the problems. Mm. Focus on the father. Let mm. Papa take care of you. And you just do what he says and he'll make it successful. Wow. That's heavy. That's a heavy load right there. I'm telling you, that's a heavy load. You know, what is your, your flame of ambition, you know, for living these days? Because like I said, there's so much that you have done. 
Um, what is it that you're just, you know, keeps you going? What is your flame these days that keeps you moving? I know that God is a big part of your life and that is something that just drives you. When you see a need, you feel the need. Um, let's talk about, about what is, what is something right now that just really gets you going besides that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I guess I'm a success junkie, you know, in in one (laughs) sense, I love when things work. And, Mm. uh, and I tell you, I love seeing how God does things sometimes, because, you know, you ever pray those prayers where you tell God, if you did this and this and this, everything would be okay. And then Mm. God says, yeah, but I got a better way of doing it. And it's always so much better. And I love just seeing his his ideas are so cooler than anything I ever thought of. Wow. And it's amazing because we have just little minute minds and here God is this whole universe that he created and galaxies and everything out there. There's, they say, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard the things that he's prepared for us just right here, not to mention the life beyond, you know, and things like that. It's, it's really amazing. And it's almost as if we could see the greater or the better best. I don't, I think that that would help some people to maybe go on, but then at the same time, some people would still be like, they wouldn't believe it because it's like, how could that happen? You know, you Mm -hmm. being back where you were being a high school dropout and then years later, getting five degrees, becoming a rocket scientist, you know, um, earning black belts in, in several martial arts schools and owning, you know, different schools and studios and things like that, becoming a professional dancer, not only a dancer, but then you said, hey, I'm going to become a tra- an instructor as well. You know, all these things that God has in store for us. And we want to encourage people out there to know that there is more, that greater is coming um, because not only earning a degree in something that you just kind of put your finger on and said, I'm going to pick the hardest thing. And I don't even know what it is, which was physics at the time. And, and just a 20 year career, Bob, in the military and, and retiring as a major in the United States air force that, you know, we talked about the things that you did. And, and, and I love the fact that you talk about the strategic part of war, you know, it's amazing. It's not just, being equipped, but it's the, the, the battle is won in the boardroom, so to speak, of how we're going to win this battle. And I think as you went, as you train people um, and things like that, not only as far as in the, on the spiritual side, but just in the natural side, I mean, you just kind of mapped out things it, the way that you did in your book, you know, <laughs> this, this, the seven success secrets here, you mapped out some plans and some steps that people can take. And you know, you're on your 10th book now. You're just writing. You're just like, a, you know, the pen of a ready writer. As God gives you instructions and gives you information, you're just writing books and you're a bestseller, um, just owner of a lot of real estate companies and things like that. It's really amazing. But the fact that you are just helping change lives, you are impacting people. That I think is one of the most exciting things because, like I said, you could have stopped. You're successful now. But you to help you decided to help turn people's lives around, helping them to do a 180 in their life, which is so important. And um, we applaud you because this is what the world needs. The world needs people that will just stop, reflect and and be a servant, just be a servant to the people because people need help and people need hope. And it's a blessing that you are just using your life in a big way to make it help people to make a difference. And you're not stopping. You could be, be retired and say, Hey, I'm just going to stop here, you know, but you have refired your life and, <laughs> and just keep igniting it, igniting it, igniting it over and over again. You know, I want to ask you another question, Bob is what would you say over all of these things that, you know, I mentioned that you have done, what would you say was one of your greatest or your biggest extraordinary achievements? Because there's been so many, and 50,000 souls coming to Christ, that's a lot of stars in your crown when you get to heaven. But what would you say is one of your biggest uh, extraordinary achievements that you're just like, wow, God, you really wowed me because here you are a real estate mogul. You got all these things going. Out of all those successes that you had, what would you say was your biggest success? Well, uh, I got two. Um, the, the first one is I raised four daughters and uh, in a world that can be very patriarchal at times, they are four highly successful women mm. uh, out in the workforce today and uh, very proud of them. So that's that that's one I, that mm. is way up there. But mm. I would say the biggest. Um, I know you've known me for 
a few years now. Yes, yes. And, and you may and, and you may not realize this, but I'm a shy person. As a matter, <laughs> seriously, as a so matter is Michael fact, Jackson, I think, right? <laughs> yes. If um if my phone rings my phone and I don't know who's on it, I will give my wife a dollar to, to answer the phone for me, so I don't have to talk to somebody I don't know because it just freaks me out. Okay, that's how shy I am. On one-on-one. So my, I would say the absolute biggest accomplishment in the world for me was the first time I sat down with somebody and told them how they can know Jesus. Mm. That was so, so hard. Wow. 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 That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, Bob, um, we're just about out of time now, friends. I just thank you all for listening. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website, for more information, and please leave a comment at www.road2eternity.net. And Bob, I want to ask you, um, how can people get a copy? I mean, you have a lots of books, but the seven perfect steps to success of how you can achieve your dreams. They wanted people wanted to, to discover some of these ancient secrets that have been around for a long, long, long time. Um, how can people get a hold of your book, get a copy of your book, and get in contact with you for? a motivational speaking or for some training or for some missionary work that they may be doing? Well, the, um, f- for the book, if you, if you don't want to get on my mailing list, mm-hmm. you can go to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and order um, any one of my books. Uh, but um, if you want to get my book for just the cost of sh- uh, shipping and handling, you mm-hmm. can go to lifechangers180.org slash free book. And I'll give it to you for free, plus shipping and handling. And uh, and if I'm in a really great mood, I'll throw in a copy of God's Partner as well. Wow. Wow. So thank you all for listening today. Remember to get a copy of that free book at Life Changers 180. Get in contact with Bob. He's here to help. He's here to serve. He is using his gifts to impact the world. Thank you so much, Bob, for being my guest on today. Thank God for people like you that just listen and have a heart to serve. It really does make a difference. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.